Welcome to Life as a Lemon, where we talk about everything sweet, everything sour, and, and everything in between. Who let the dogs out? Who? 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 We're a little echoey, but um, this whole episode is going to be a little echoey only because we don't have our mics in. Um, because we are on Zoom today with a few special guests. Um, our friends Rachel and Julie are joining us. Um, they are from Rebound Hounds. Today is National Rescue Dog Day. Happy National Rescue Dog Day, everybody. I'm mad there wasn't a dog underneath my Christmas tree this morning. <laughs> this morning? <laughs> For celebrating the holiday, I wasn't going to say under my tree because that sounds a little naughty mm. i know that lula will be getting an ice cream because it's national rescue dog day and she's a gem yes 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 all right we decided to have our friends rachel and julie on to discuss rebound hounds so rebound hounds is actually where i got lula from oh. and um I actually adopted her from Rachel and her husband, Franklin. Um, so that's pretty cool. Cause you guys will get to see, um, you know, both ends of that, the fostering part of it versus the adoption part of it. You know um, what I didn't ask? And I'm going to ask you now while it's on the tip of my tongue, as I point to my brain, <laughs> how do you, um, is how did you find them? So I actually, after I lost Kaya and yeah. everything that had happened, um, I had been on Pat Finder and there was this, there was this pit bull, Steve, I knew I wanted a pit bull because they are just, they're so awesome. And I know that in the day that we live in, it's, you know, taboo to talk about how great pit bulls are but they are they are they are an awesome awesome breed and i think they are so misunderstood yeah. um, we're gonna talk about that a little bit with um rachel and julie but um i knew i wanted a pit bull and so i came across um all these dogs on pet finder and there was this dog he was white in like a uh orangey brown he was so super cute his name was Steve um and he had been fostered through um rebound hounds so I like got connected with them and long story short excuse me I have really bad allergies um long story short they were like oh his fosters decided to adopt him um but these are the dogs that we have so check them out so you know I was scrolling through and they didn't have a lot of um dogs that were available for adoption which is you might think is like kind of sad but it's a good thing because all of their dogs were being adopted they were finding homes so that was awesome um they they had these four puppies listed now if you know me I did not want a puppy I didn't want any of that I would rather rescue like a dog that won't, you know, chew up the furniture and won't, is, is already potty trained and all that kind of stuff. So I was like, I don't really want a puppy, but these dogs are kind of cute. 
So I had inquired about a couple of dogs um, and they kind of fell through and not from rebound hounds. Um, And then I went and inquired about these four puppies and they actually said their names were, um, give me a second, Daisy, Frida, Leo and Messi, I think. I might be messing that up, but um, anyway, they um, were up for adoption. So I, now I'm still, I'm still trying to think if I got those names right. Um, So they had gotten back to me and they said, oh, you know, um, most of these dogs have already been adopted, except we have one left. She's a, um, she's a female and she's Brindle. Um, These are her pictures and blah, blah, blah. And they were her puppy pictures. And um, so I had emailed her foster parents, which were Rachel and Franklin. And I had um, asked them, you know, um, all about her because I had all of these things because Kaya had all of these things. And, you know, I was comparing, I I wanted a dog just like Kaya and it just, it it wasn't going to happen. Um, and I'll kind of get to that, but long story short is this dog checked all of my boxes and she actually wasn't a puppy. She was already a year and a half old, but they had kept her. Uh Um, they had had her for a year and a half. So we went back and forth and back and forth and we decided that we were going to do a meet and greet. So they live in New York and we're obviously in mass. So, um, they asked if we wanted to meet in Connecticut, which was halfway. So we drove two hours and, um, met them and, um, it pretty much sealed the deal. Lula got out of the car and plopped herself in my lap and that was it. Um, and not only did she check all my boxes that Kaya checked, but this dog has been my soul dog. Like they say, you only get one soul dog in your life. And that is Miss Tallulah. Oh, so cute. Yeah. So, um, that's how I, that's how I came about rebound hounds. Um, and I've done a couple home visits for them, um, to, get other dogs adopted in Massachusetts because they're out of New York. So they had reached out and said, Hey, can you go to this person's house and make sure that they're going to be a good fit for, um, this dog and all that. So, um, that's been a really cool experience, but. Mm. Oh, seriously. I said to Rachel, when we were hanging up, I said, girl, I'm going to go home and cry. I'm hanging up and I'm crying because I want a dog so bad because that talk was so good and like I've always wanted a dog as you know but this conversation literally made me want a dog like a hundred times more and I think sometimes people have definitions of what a badass person looks like and what a hero looks like and those three people that we just talked to right there are the definition of badass heroes Mm -hmm. because they are taking those dogs and everybody who's a part of the organization and really anybody who does the same thing um they're taking those dogs and saving them so um if you're looking for a a papa rooney um to have for your fur ever home get it 
<laughs> if you're looking for a dog for your forever home or you want to be a foster parent, check out Rebound Hounds because they're pretty rad. They are pretty rad. They, pretty rad. they so Rebound Hounds is run by um two women. Yep. And they are they're just amazing, Lauren and Corinna. Um they pour their heart and soul into this organization and it's just it's great amazing I don't know how two people can manage I mean obviously they have the help of all of their fosters and everything but they are just so calm and collected and they're amazing they're just they're great so if you're looking to help out rebound hounds wait until the end of the episode to figure out how you can give a helping paw all right, so um, Julie, why don't we have you introduce yourself? Uh, just tell us where you work, um, what the adoption is all about, and stuff like that. <clears throat> Great. Um, so my name is Julie Netto. I have been fostering pit bulls for it'll be fifteen years next month. Um, so I foster almost exclusively adult pits who come out of abusive or neglectful <laughs> situations. I have Blossom here, who's participating oh. in the call. She's oh, not very so cute. How old is she? She's very interested in, in making a contribution in any way. She's kind of a woman of a certain age, and this is as good as it gets. <laughs> um, so she's, we think, 10. She spent seven years in the shelter out in oh, Brookhaven. Uh, she was returned four times because people were moving or having a baby or things that had nothing to do with her. Um, and she is famous. So she was in two of Sophie Gauman's um, New York Times bestselling books. Um, she is wow. on 36 different items for merchandising sale um, online. She was in the Puppy Bowl this year. They did a three minute spotlight on her um, on Animal Planet's Puppy Bowl uh, 27. She's uh was in a um, an exhibition in paris she was on in a bark box so she's um, been like so crossed everything off of our own bucket list <laughs> she's right? like yeah like, she's a right. total diva um so i've been fostering pits forever uh, my dog passed away about five years ago and i made a nonprofit mm -hmm. called the franklin angus fund um, and that's a scholarship fund that rescues and shelters can apply to if a pit bull in their care needs a surgical uh, a surgical medical grants of any kind or a training grant so in the five years frank's been gone we've given out uh, over fifteen thousand dollars in grants oh um, to rescues and shelters that need help you know maybe they're interested in pulling a dog from ACC, but the dog has a shattered hip, so we'll cover those costs. Um, so that's not my day job, but that's that's sort of uh, my passion project, and right. um, that's what I've been doing. Right now, Tessa, didn't you get Kaya? Is that did you get? Where did you get Kaya? I got Kaya from abandoned dogs Rhode Island. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, all right, perfect. And I foster through Rebound Hounds right now. Got you. Where? I got Lula from and what Rachel does too. Oh, so cute. Maybe when it's my time, I can hit you guys up. <laughs> and everybody, my dream was to like, my dad had a bunch of dogs growing up, like just so many. So now he's not, he's not anti-dog, but he just like, doesn't want one in the house. And my sister, oh my gosh, I begged our whole childhood. Even Tessa has gotten to beg him to like, let us have a dog. So I was like, you know what? <laughs> When I move out, I'll just, I'll get my own. And then I ended up moving into my boyfriend's house, but we live with his parents and they're 
they don't want a dog. So I'm like, oh man, what the heck? So yeah. Um, all right, Rachel, are you good to? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Everyone settled down. Franklin's here, but he's wandered again. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I'm Rachel. Um, we've been fostering for Rebound House for eight years. Wow. Um, so, and what can I say about that? I don't think we have a, a strategic plan. <laughs> we, we um, you know, I think a lot of it is. Hi, Franklin. Hello, Franklin, my husband. I, you know, we couldn't do this if if it wasn't us together. I mean, like we all play a role in this. Um, we're both of us play a role in it. He plays a really big role in it. Um, yeah. And I don't think we'd be able to manage everything that we do um, without each other. Um, certainly, uh, we have foster failed also a, a huge number of times. So that is why you hear that ruckus in the background. I think I was going to say, have, how many dogs have you gotten into your home and be like, okay, we're just going to keep him till he gets a forever home. And then the forever home ends up oh, yeah. being your home. Yeah, that, that's happened so many times. And then, we, you know, you realize there has to be a limit, even though New York City doesn't give us a limit. We right. realize we have to have a limit. Right. Um, so we have six dogs that are our own. Tessa's met them all. Yeah, um, he's had that privilege ever. And I would say everyone except for our senior gal um, Luna is. Um, everyone else is a pit mix. Um, Luna is a Shibu Inu who is fifteen and still uh, the boss of it all. <laughs> wow. um, so and. Two of these, uh, so it's so funny you brought up Sophie Gamont. Two of our dogs were photographed, two of ours that we actually adopted were photographed by her. And then we had a third who was um, photographed by her and, and on the cover of one of the books. Wonderful. So, oh, there's yeah, celebrities. We, oh, look it. We, we just think she's amazing. And the work that she's done is amazing. And she's such a lovely individual. She really um, is. Well, she's the best. She was. Um, the the puppy bowl was uh she and blossom together uh for the puppy bowl this year and i got dragged into it um, <laughs> we watched that that was great it's funny because came up to us and was like is that blossom i was like from like pitbull flower power i was like yes like it was so weird she was like celebrity notified on it notified. gives an autograph with her paw <laughs> yeah i was like wow this is an interesting experience and people were like oh can we like say hi i was like I always think about like the 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 TikTok dogs who are like so famous who probably get recognized everywhere. But I feel like an example, say one is looks exactly like Lula. You could they could think any dog is like that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like funny for people to be able to recognize right, right the specific. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right, right. Well, I think we were outed as being Brooklyn locals because when we, um, the Puppy Bowl was filmed right here in Dumbo um, mm -hmm. and we were in Crown Heights. And I think I think people knew she was in Brooklyn. So at least that narrowed it down a little bit. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting. Yeah, we meet her in Brooklyn. Too. Yeah, oh yeah, Brooklyn. yeah, we used to live in Brooklyn. Yep, yeah. we're in Queens oh. now. <laughs> but that's, I think Sophie, but she's moving to California now. So yeah, which is a wonderful yeah. thing. Oh my god! Big loss for New York and a big gain for Cali. Yeah. <laughs> so that means you are you guys Yankees fans? Do I have to kick you off the podcast starting now? Or oh, I'm uh, Houston. I, I oh, 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 oh,
I don't even know this guy. Sometimes. Yankees, Yankees, yeah, Yankees. <laughs> no, I'm from Baltimore, so I can't even. So no, it's not, not for me. Sorry. <laughs> no Baltimore. Um. So I think the the biggest thing with people is doing a buying dogs. Like you hear all about the farms that have like the puppy mills and stuff. Mm-hmm. How many do you guys get a lot of those like ones from puppy mills and ones you always hear stories about dogs getting ready to be executed and it's like Not oh. executed. Yes, right? <laughs> oh and, and yes. Yes. you you can I euthanize I mind me allergies I swear wrong words confidently. She uses the wrong words with the most confidence I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> it's the allergies I swear. <laughs> I mean, I, I can certainly say it is it is that whole concept of dogs being euthanized, particularly in New York City, that is what brought us into fostering, right? Mm-hmm. I think, you know, you can go on Facebook and you see it. There are groups that have made this much more, um, just made the public just more aware just by, right. by networking and, and putting this out there in the public domain. And that is certainly, let's see how many, one, two, three, four, four of these yep. um, dogs sitting here in the room with us would not be here if, um, if you know, we hadn't stepped in. Um, they were all on the, on the list to be euthanized. Wow. And it, it's not, and that's certainly not, it, it's not every dog, you know, that, that has come to us that way. Um, that is, but, but that is for us, what was, what, what was the trigger? And once we, we learned that and understood what happened, and I mean, I've had dogs my whole life, but I did not know um, what happened in these city shelters, right? I, I just didn't know, I was unaware. And learning about that is, is really, was a game changer for us and why we did, chose to open our home. We also at the same time, got a house which makes a big difference in, right. in the city to be able to foster and so we certainly you know decided to open our home and do this and we found rebound hounds um, and have been with them ever since and certainly that they are a rescue that we love fostering for I think mm-hmm. I have nothing but amazing things to say around the, the women who run it um, and I appreciate so much how they never let it be um, unmanageable, that they know their limits, they stay within those limits, they never, right. you know, they make hard decisions, right, but mm-hmm. they never take more that they're not aware of where all their dogs and foster are. Right. Uh, and I think that's an important thing, because I don't think you see that every, everywhere. Mm. Absolutely. So. Yeah, it just, sometimes I just look and you just hear so many stories of the people too, who um, buy the dogs from the stores in the mall or from breeders and they come with so many different medical problems. Some of them, I, um, there's a mall near Tessa and I, I think it's called Pet Express. And there was a girl who posted that she got a tiny little black lab and within four weeks (laughs) he was gone. So how many dogs do you guys foster that end up coming through the, you know, your doors that have mm-hmm. so many medical problems? Right. I foster almost exclusively pit bulls and there's not quite the market for purebred pit bulls. Yep. Um, so 
but you know, I've read estimates that say about 30% of dogs in shelters anywhere are purebreds. Um, and the majority of those are probably coming from backyard breeders or the pet stores. Um, you cannot buy a dog retail that does not come from a puppy mill. There is no responsible breeder, um, that is selling a dog to a pet store. And with you know three to five million dogs euthanized a year, there is no responsible breeding. There's right. no such thing as a responsible breeder in, in my mind, um, with maybe incredibly rare exception for like guiding eye or something like that, who, who does take incredible care of their dogs. I had a chance to hear their CEO speak two years ago. Um, there is no responsible breeding, period. Um, you can get almost any type of pet you want, puppy, small, big, adult, and almost any breed from a rescue, um, you know, it is the ethical thing to do um, when you are buying, especially from a pet store. Uh, what you're doing is ensuring that that dog's mother stays living in a wire chicken coop and spends its whole life there, um, matted and scared and mm-hmm. living in a natural existence. Um, that's what you're doing. That's what you're putting your money towards. And there's no way to sugarcoat it. There's no way to look the other way. Um, I, I personally will not even buy a dog toy from a store that sells live cats and dogs. Um, it's just not a business I want to support. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So Tessa, what made you, you know, as a person who's adopted from rebound hounds, what made you want to go and adopt instead of shop? I just think that like, I, I mean, let's be honest, if I had my own house, Matt was talking about it today. He said, so what are you getting me for our anniversary? A dog? Can we remember <laughs> the dog? And I said, well, where are we going to put this dog? Because he loves Lula like she's his own. Um, and I just think that like seeing, seeing how many dogs are living their lives in shelters and like don't know, um, you know, what like having a home, like sleeping on a couch is or sleeping on a bed. And I know some people don't let their dogs on the couch, but I think that that's a little silly. (laughs) Just me personally. Um, Lula runs this house. She does have like a little, um, let's be honest. I think she runs the town of Carver. If I'm going to be very honest, she does is the queen of Carver. She does. She runs everybody's house. Um, but it's just, it's horrible to think that, you know, these dogs know mm-hmm. inside of a cage and they don't know anything else. And granted, you know, there are dogs who um, get to live in foster homes. Like Lula came from Rachel and Franklin and she lived mm-hmm. in their house and she had a happy life and everything, but they- I have to say, it must've been so hard giving her up. <laughs> I think, Every dog is now Lula. Yeah, I think though, personally, she was my hardest. Yeah. yeah, Franklin has everyone is his hardest. <laughs> but so that drive home from dropping her off was probably, whew, I think it took an extra couple hours. Yeah, <laughs> so well, I mean, it was what, a four hour ride anyway? Four hour ride anyway, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah I mean, I... I have a purebred Yorkie that we got 10 years ago. She's actually going to be 10 this month, but we like 10 years ago, we didn't know much about, no, yeah. Doing, you know, so, and I'll tell you what, I, 
I love her to death, but I would never do it again. <laughs> the purebreds have so many medical issues. Julia knows she's a pain in the butt. It's just, I always tell people, I'm like, I have an angel and a devil and I have three pound Yorkie and a pit bull. And I bet you can't guess which one's which. <laughs> and people always say, oh, your, your pit bull must be your devil. I said, nope, she is a gift she Mm -hmm. yeah she's just she's so good and I've rescued um two pit bulls now and they just I just I can't say enough good things about my experience rescuing you know what I mean like they just seem so grateful I mean Lula's taking a nap on the entire bed right now but um (laughs) they're just so grateful like she's just so happy from the time she wakes up to the time she goes to bed she just like everything that she wants to do or everything that she does is just like great like her life is just great right and I think that kind of like we kind of goes into my next question there are so many misconceptions about pit bulls people Mm -hmm. see a pit bull on the street I've seen it in person with Lula who Rachel and Frank you know Julie she is the sweetest dog I have ever met and people see her and they shit themselves they go oh my god it's a pit bull so what would you say how would you convince people to be like hey these are the sweetest dogs you really can ever meet right I think the best advocates for pit bulls are pit bulls themselves Mm -hmm. um having a well-behaved highly socialized um you know pit bull that is frequently in the public eye like my franklin um, you know, I, I adopted him in the mid 2000s, in 2000 zeros, like 2000, I think five, I got him. He came out of a fight ring, had his ears cut off. He was like a 90 pounds scarred up, like big dog. Um, but to know him was to love him. And it was back in the days when the bias was even worse than it is now. Um, and so many people's minds were changed just by meeting him and seeing what a gentle soul he was. So maybe those people then went out and rescued a pit bull and, you know, slowly over the years, the narrative changed from dragging the dog, your, their child away or crossing the street to being like, you know, my neighbor has one and she's actually a really nice dog. And I, I've seen the evolution of it over the 15 years of fostering, but at, at its core, all it is as, as you know, as, as broad of a, a, an, an allegory almost as this is, it, it's racism for dogs. It's bias, it's ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's a misconception. It's media. It's systemic. It's insurance companies saying, no, you can't live here with a pit. It's town ordinances saying, no, you can't, you can't walk your dog down this street. Um, it's, it's racist. It's, it's an institutionalized dog racism, basically. Yeah. Um, and to be called out for what it is everywhere that you see it, just like racism yep. people. So, um, you know, and you change minds one mind at a time. That's all you can do, you know? I agree. I totally agree. I um, I actually going going off of that. Um, Matt's always said, you know, I want a golden retriever. I want a golden retriever. I want a golden retriever. And lately, he had been saying, you know, like, I want another dog. I want to adopt another dog. And I said, well, you if you want to adopt another dog, you got to start looking now. If you're looking for a golden retriever, and he was like, I'm not looking for a golden retriever. I want a pit bull, and it's because of Lula, right? So it's just, you know, it's stupid little things like that. Like the more, the more time you spend with them, it's like, 
okay, these dogs are kind of, kind of the best, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, you just want, I don't think everybody should have a pit bull, you know, I don't think everyone should have a Yorkie, but you, all they're asking for and all we're asking for is for dogs to be assessed as individuals, right? Um, That's all we can ask. Um, You know, Blossom spent seven years in a shelter and I know how many people walked by her and immediately discounted her because she was a pit bull. Didn't even see her, looked right through her. Um, Mm -hmm. The shelter was like, oh, she can't be around other dogs. We go to awfully showers every day for an hour. She's running around with other dogs. Um, Never had an issue. Other dogs start fights with her and she's just kind of like, who are you? Like, you know, she... Yeah. You know, like she's, you know, it's, it's just, it's just horrible. It's horrible. It's like I said, it's not a breed for everybody, but in doing rescue for so long, I could find a home for a golden retriever with an extensive bite history before I can find a home for a perfect pit bull. Mm -hmm. They will always wait longer. There will Mm -hmm. always be bias. Um, It's, it's definitely moving in the right direction. I've seen a big change, a drastic change. I, uh, but yeah. there's still plenty of cities like Miami has a 35 year history with breed specific legislation. It's one of the most densely populated counties in the country and they've had decades long ESL, you know, breed specific legislation. And it's, it just has no place in mm-hmm. an educated society. Truly. I agree. Yeah. So if you're one of those people and you're saying, Hey, you know what? I'm looking for a dog. They go to a shelter, they go online and see, rebound hounds or however they're thinking of getting a dog um they say you know what I'm gonna adopt a dog I'm interested in a pit bull they find one of you guys how do you determine if that person is right for the dog that you're fostering what's the process like what do they what you know what just all of it what does it have to be like for them well, I, I can certainly speak to, you know, Tessa's experience, which was, I, I think that was really like love at first sight. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, one of the, the really important elements, I think, and, and Julie, please, please chime in, you know, from your experience, it's the meet and greet. Um, you know, an application is incredibly important too, and there's a lot of elements that are reviewed in that, but it's really seeing people, for me, for Franklin, seeing people when they meet the dog, how they are with the dog, how the dog responds to them, mm. um, you know, and, and back to when, when Tessa and when Lula met, I mean, it really was, I mean, I think, I think Lula knew. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've never had that feeling as strong as, as that, as that, um, but that is hugely important to me. And also, you know, there's the other factor of if they have other dogs, or other animals and making sure that it's the right fit. Right. It's the right fit for the people. It's the right fit for the, for the whole household. Mm-hmm. Um, incredibly important. I, you know, I've certainly not let fosters go to certain families because my, my gut said that's not the right yeah. fit or there were factors right. that were not the right fit. I, I <laughs> always want it to succeed. And if I have a hesitation, um, or, or the rescue has a hesitation, we won't go forward with that because I Your wanted to, knows I wanted to let yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yes. and I, I do keep a very stringent, um, screening policy. So one of my <clears throat> pits who got adopted, the family had a five-year-old daughter and they had adopted her when she was younger from Kazakhstan. And they said that it was easier to get their daughter from Kazakhstan than it was to get a dog from me. <laughs> so I'm not sure really what that is. <laughs> That's really but, good 
for you, but really bad for the children. Not so great for the children of Kazakhstan, but uh, definitely yeah. for, for my for my pits. But you know, really, and also we're we're my fosters and I are package deals. So um, you know, I have very long. You know, friend people I've been friends with for fifteen years. I have walk dogs down the aisle at the owner's wedding. Um, I babysit all my fosters when their parents travel. Um, I, I have, I keep it pretty up to date on my social media. And when I get a new foster, the mm -hmm. families who've adopted one of my previous fosters male gifts and like, oh. notes, it's very sweet. Um, and you kind of build this family. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm like, listen, we're a package deal. Like we're going to be friends. We're going to be on social together. Like, you know, and, and I have an open door return policy. Um, I've never, I've only had one dog returned and, um, it was a, a very serious issue having to do with the family at, at nobody's fault. It was a, a very serious medical situation um, mm -hmm. that was unforeseen. Uh, I'll be there in two days, I'm coming. You know, drove up, dog came back. Um, you know, it, it was one of those things that nobody could have foreseen, um, but it's an open door policy. I am their safety net forever. So, you know, a, like an owner's death or something happens that you know somebody right. whatever they always come home they come home no matter what so um we're their safety net we keep them from ending up ever having a having you know to end up lost again i tell them when you're my foster you're here now like you will never have to have a bad day again ever like like we got you amazing they need that what's the what's the longest you've ever had a dog for from the time they entered in terms of um waiting for them to be adopted so Lula was our longest. Mm -hmm. oh, How oh. long was she? A year and a half. Oh, wow. Oh, she, so it, but it, yeah, there, there's a, a bit of background with her because um, Lula was from a, a very unsuccessful backyard breeder. <laughs> Meaning he didn't, they didn't actually sell any dogs, but they, you know, thought they would. And so had puppies and Lula was one of four and they were living in the basement and in a crate together, all four of them. And um, I, I can't remember exactly how, but, you know, it came to our attention. We offered to help. Um, and next thing, you know, we had these four, and how old were they? Five months old. They were five month old puppies, all four Dang. of them. We just took them all. One was very sick, um, Daisy. Um, who now lives in Astoria, um, she was really sick. She had a stomach full of plastic and dental floss. Oh. And she'd just been eating garbage when they, um, mm -hmm. luckily the other three had not. Um, so, and they all got kind of adopted over time, but Lula was the last one. Lula was probably, I'd say the most sensitive of, of the four and just mm -hmm. they had lived in a basement and, you know, leaving the yard was, you know, a challenge for her. It was scary. Not for and, her, for everybody. For all yeah, for all of them. I think she was the slowest. Yeah. Um, you know, it took, I don't know how many weeks to get to the end of the block, but we just went at her pace. Yeah. Um, and as she was ready, you know, we, we went further and went further. So, so to us to hear about her now and to see who, you know, she's become with, with Tessa oh, and it's amazing. And it just, it, it also shows how resilient um, that they Absolutely. are to, to come from that and, and get to, to, to there. But it, it took time, but it was also about finding the right 
the right family for her, the right person for her. Right. And when we met Tessa, like there was, there was no, there was no doubt. Um, and, and of course, Tessa and her family were so lovely because, you know, there are, you know, some age concerns around that, you know, typically don't adopt to, you know, people under 25, Tessa, you know, we talked through all of that and our family got involved in every, and that really showed a commitment to making, right. making it happen and, and reassuring us and, and being comfortable that this was, this was right. This right. Was right. Also, show yeah. us the star, show us the star. Come here. Oh, she banged her head. My little niece. She's snoozing. She's like, oh, um, poor thing. Yeah, I mean, just today she went on an adventure in Miles Standish State Forest in Plymouth and just went off leash, and there she went and off and did her own thing. And she doesn't go too far, but um, I mean, she loves everything like she loves car rides which is unbelievable because Rachel was like it is horrible trying to get her in the car oh she no the car just city girl here without her she like she's like oh you think you're gonna leave without me that's not gonna happen <laughs> she jumps right in the car she goes she loves um one of my best friend has horses she loves horses she loves goats we go to like petting zoos and stuff she loves them all. Like she's just so loves everything. She's so funny. We, um, when Tessa brings her over my house, my mom is obsessed with Lula and she calls taking Lula to the bathroom, the powder room. So now we just stand in the driveway. My mom goes, Lula, want to go to the powder room with the girls? And Lula just goes, do, 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 do. Yeah. How- yeah. Goes to the bathroom, turns around and comes right back. So funny. I love it. So yeah. funny. Um, so I think we have great stuff. You guys are awesome. Literally, I want all like both of your lives. I just want to <laughs> with me all the time. Um, so we're gonna do a little fundraiser for Rebound Hounds. Oh, that's great. So what we're gonna do is just to fill you guys in, we're gonna kind of make a Venmo bingo or um either a slideshow and we were going to ask if you guys could send some pictures of some uh, dogs and we're going to kind of have people sponsor a dog so that's a great idea by them sponsoring the dog they're going to venmo um probably tesla because she's closer with rebound hounds um 10 15 25 a dollar just so they can sponsor a dog and then all the money we collect is going to go to rebound hounds what a nice idea um Blossom is for Rebound Hound. She's actually part of their FOSPIS program. I don't know if you've um, heard about what that is. So um, they have dogs that are either very, very advanced age or who are terminally ill. And they are, you know, typically a dog will come into the rescue, get the dog healthy, you get the dog stable and you get the dog adopted. In Blossom's case, we didn't realize how ill she was when she came in and she does have um, two terminal conditions um, that luckily are managed now, but you know, her medical bills are vast. She has a renal specialist. She has a dental surgical speci- specialist. She has a general right. practitioner, and they probably could have bought like a Toyota Camry for what they've spent on Blossom. <laughs> and Rebound Hounds never, never blinks an eye. Hundred dollars a bag for prescription food. Six different scripts that come in the mail. Wow. They never blink an eye. She gets the best of the best of the best. Um, and they cover all of it. So that's something that a lot of rescues would not pull dogs or not cover costs for dogs. And they have a robust FOSPIS program. So, um, 
you know, and they didn't know if Blossom had three months, if Blossom had a year, mm-hmm. um, you know, so, so I think it's something definitely to highlight for that rescue is that these dogs get a chance to live their life in a, in a home setting, you know, Blossom, you know, especially at this point in her life, we, she had a lot of people interested in her, but she's navigating her end of life. She doesn't need to right. be bouncing around again, you know, right. at this point, even if we had someone who was willing to shoulder the expansive, I mean, we've been to 30 vet visits in 10 months. Um, so the costs, the time, right. I used to be a, a veterinary nurse, so thankfully I can manage her conditions here. Um, but they, they really, they really do an amazing job. And this is not the first rescue I've fostered through and, and they're probably the best, one of the best. Right. I just, you know, seeing what they do for everyone, seeing what they do for, te- they did for Tessa and Lula and, um, all that stuff. We just want to give back and I think we can raise a pretty good amount of money. So yeah, of course. I do have one thing that I want to ask um, before mm. we go is what um, is you guys' favorite stories through um, like your time of fostering? Like what, what's, what have been like your best moments? Uh, we have a dog named Hope. That's the best. <laughs> He was quick with that answer. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, and it's funny, Julie, you're talking about the phosphorus. We did that a year ago. um, And it was with a dog named Hope. Oh. As a, what is it called? Yeah. Oh, don't start. Oh, girl. I I did not know she was a phosphorus going in. Um, I I, I foster because after my dog passed I was like I, I can never do this again I just was too shattered so uh it was a bit unexpected um but it's I, I give you all the credit in the world it's absolutely uh, probably the most selfless thing you can do and 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 an absolute gift uh, yeah well well thank you it was a gift to us really I mean when you think about it she was she was an animal abuse case mm-hmm. um through um, through the ASPCA, we were the individuals who found her. Um, and it was, so I don't wanna make this a bummer story. It's not a bummer story because it was a really happy story. We had, um, the, the ASPCA was amazing. Rebound Hounds was amazing. They collaborated. Um, she got amazing care. And then when she was able to leave their care um, Rebound Hound stepped in, partnered with them um, so that she could come to us. Um, and we had the best time. It was three months. Do you mind if I did you have like a rough age guess on her? How old? Yeah, I think they thought she was around 12. Um, so they weren't even sure when we found her. Like we nobody knew what, right. how old she was. It was that bad. And um, and she was a golden. And um, so, you know, we didn't know, we didn't know what we'd have when she came to us, you know, no one was really sure. And she, she just had so much personality and we live out in the Rockaways. Um, so we have the ocean, we have the bay. So every morning she and I, and we would take, you know, maybe, maybe our, you know, senior Shibu and we would just sit at the bay in the morning. And we mm-hmm. also had, um, a puppy it's circumstantial um that also (laughs) came from the neighborhood actually sibling of lula's um so we would go um and just sit on the bay it was we met neighbors 
we met people I'd never talked to before because, you know, she just walked at her pace and everyone would stop and, and talk to us and talk to her. And it was such a wonderful experience. Um, even though, you know, it was such a sad experience, it right. was such a wonderful experience. And I, I think that the biggest difference is, you know, in fostering, they go on and they they live this amazing life and you know we're we're so lucky as fosters that we go on and we we see them you live this life right like we right. stay in touch with Tessa we hear about Lula like Julie stays in touch with with everyone you know that's adopted her fosters um and there's there's a heartache that comes with that right it's this dog which lived in your home and was part of your life then goes on and gets to live a great life and you know right That's the goal but there's a heartache with that and and when it's it's phosphorus you know that you gave them a great end you you let them live out their life in with grace and dignity and there's a lot of joy in that even though I'm getting overclumped <laughs> so, so she's probably our, our our most memorable and our most special story and, and probably gives you the drive to keep going yes Absolutely. I think we had, a, we had a little break in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's did. how it goes. Did. So, um, yeah. And then the puppy got adopted um, by my sister, actually, ironically, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, then we had, then we had a long break, I think until this year, um, when we, we took in another dog to keep him out of the shelter system. So. Oh, I would say hope gives me hope. Hope gives yeah. hope. Yeah. That was a great story to end on. Well, you guys are really great. And thank you. I mean, thank you. We could talk oh, all night about these dogs. I'm sure. I know. We'll have to do a round two. We'll have to do a round two. Um, you guys truly are great. I think about all the puppies and the furry little ones who have nowhere to go. And you know, and there you guys are. You guys are the angels for the furry ones. Yeah. So Thank you. Yeah. So just thanks for giving us a voice, you know, giving an opportunity to talk about it. And, um, you know, I think, I think people's minds have been more open to rescue as time goes on. And, um, we have the first ever like shelter dog in the white house now. And I mean, like, that's cool. You know, like, that's really cool. It's, it's definitely a, a turn tide and, and hopefully it keeps going. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, you guys killed it. Like you guys sounded like professionals. <laughs> you caught us in a hot topic. And red. All right. Well, you guys have a great night. You too. Thanks so much. I will say I'm gonna hang up. I'm gonna hang up from the Zoom call and I, and I'm gonna cry because I don't have a dog. <laughs> it is so cool when you hear the stories about how the, you know these you know, our fosters are in their new home. Oh, what's happening? It, it's so great. It's just so great. Um, our last foster, the woman just sent me a picture, like he has his own recliner now. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rachel, I w- I'm curious, roughly on a rough estimate, how many dogs do you do come through your door a year? Like, do you, is it a lot? Is it? No, no, it's, oh. it, it, it's not. We've, we have, let's see, in the eight years, we've had 13 dogs be adopted. Um, 
and four cats. Now is that is that, I was gonna say, is that counting <laughs> the ones you adopted too? No, I never count them go. I, I count just the ones that have left the home. Um, because it's just that pit bulls tend to take a, a long time, right? Like like right. look, Lula took a, a while. Um I think our fastest was actually just our, our recent foster. He got adopted in three months. That's a record. Wow. Um, but I will say this. Sometimes we are very careful in terms of we don't advertise. We don't put the dog up for, for adoption until we're sure it's time. So Lula was with us a long time before she was ever publicly posted or anything because, you know, she had to be ready. And we try to be really thoughtful around that. You know, we've had, you know, I want to say sunshine. She reached this, I wouldn't put her up to like, she would stop having accidents in the house, right? She was great, she was great but I was not going to send a dog out there that was not house trained. And then as soon as, as, soon as we put her up, she was adopted. Um, Again, I'm seriously going to go cry that I don't have a dog. <laughs> this is bullshit. I want a dog. I don't have any fosters right now. We're, we're at a lull. Yeah, so Rachel, yeah. thank you so much for coming on. You were, oh my gosh, you were great. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. You could be our third host once, you know, <laughs> if we ever need one. And well, Julie, Julie, I don't, I never met her. I saw her on, I saw her on the puppy ball or that video, which is amazing. And, um, such a, such a neat individual. I feel like I need to get to know her better. She's very dynamic. This is great that you guys did this and thank you so much for thank having you so much for it and letting, letting us see Lula and visit with you and Julia, when you, whenever you're ready. You're I just, will be, I, girl, you're going to be on my speed dial we'll, we'll, once the second I move out. I'm not, I'm getting a bed, not a bed for me, a dog bed because I need a dog. Yeah. I know some girl at work was saying the other day, um, she just got a Rottweiler puppy and she was trying to tell me all about it and blah, blah, blah. And she spent $6,000 on this dog. And I was like, I'm going to be completely honest with you. That seems bonkers to me. I said, I spent what it was 250 or something to rescue her. If that I said, and that was the best $250 I spent in my life. <laughs> right. I, I, can't, I can't get my head around it. I, I just, I couldn't, I would never would be able to when there's so many dogs that need homes. Uh, right. There's so many dogs. And I was going to say like, I guess I could understand maybe in a world where there wasn't 3000 dogs on the street of New York city roaming by themselves. And hopefully one day there's not. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, uh, yes, I, I definitely hope so. Um, you know, and, and, you know, talking about that, it's, it's spay and neuter programs that really, you know, it's backyard breeders are a huge issue. Mm -hmm. um, and if there were effective spay and, spay and neuter programs in the city, but they're getting there, they're getting there. Yeah. yeah. It's New England that is probably the best. And I don't remember which state it is, but they don't have enough dogs for the people who, who want dogs so um you know people they're certainly getting there it's you know it's more the south and the big cities where there are problems mm. you know so do you know how many foster parents are in rebound hounds or um i, I don't know um I, I i you know i know that they keep it <laughs> manageable right so i don't think and i don't know what the number is but i i don't think they ever tend to have more than 30 dogs in foster because they stay in constant contact with us right. um 
and it's just the two of them it's Lauren and Corinna and so you know um but I think they're still and, and Tessa you know there's the group right all fosters and adopters kind of belong to this group and so it's it's a huge group at this point um so you can go away for a while and come back as well all right so this is where we're going to wrap it up um thank you so much Julie and Rachel and Franklin for the couple minutes that you had popped on as well. Um, we're so thankful that you guys were so willing to join us on this episode. Um, I had had, you know, I was kind of thinking about what we could do for this next episode. And um, I was thinking about how May 20th today is um, National Rescue Dog Day. And I had said to Julia, hey, what do you think about, um, you know, spreading the word about why it's so important to rescue on um National Rescue Dog Day, and she thought it was a great idea. So I had messaged Rachel, and um, Corinna from Rebound Hounds got me in touch with Julie, and they were just, they were so willing um, to join us and help spread the word um, about rescuing. And I, we had so much fun making um, this episode, and for those of you who had stuck it out the whole time, thank you so much. I realize that it's a rank, uh, really lengthy um, episode again, so we do apologize. But like I said, we could have we just could have talked about this subject for hours because, obviously, um, as you guys can tell, it's something that is very close to our hearts. So, with that being said, um, we did want to give back to Rebound Hounds um, as they are a nonprofit organization which means that they pay for everything um through donations they don't make any money off of doing this or anything um which is truly amazing they donate their time and everything else just to make sure that these dogs get homes and that they are safe and they're living good lives um and what rebound hounds does is just it's amazing um the whole everybody works together to just create this amazing organization and um like I said we did want to give back to them so we are doing a little fundraiser um you can check out the pictures on our Instagram our life is a lemon podcast Instagram um and there will be instructions on our latest post um as to how you can help but basically what we're doing is we're asking for donations, whether it be a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, twenty dollars, whatever you want. Um, obviously, we know that with COVID in the past year, people are still recovering from their financial difficulties um, or financial hardships, I should say. Um, so really, anything helps. Like Julie had said, they do take in a lot of um, phosphorus dogs, and their medical bills can really, really add up. And they don't ask their fosters to pay um a single penny when it comes to that so without the donations that they receive they wouldn't be able to rescue all of these um dogs and make sure that they live better lives than they have in their past um so again obviously don't feel obligated but for those of you who can help we would appreciate it more than you know um and again thank you Rachel thank you Franklin thank you Julie you guys were amazing um and again, we, we could have talked about this for hours, but um, it, it had to be cut off somewhere. So 
Thank you for those of you who stuck the whole thing out and we will see you next episode. Bye. Thank you.